0: to have a really good idea how good or great of a running back the Steelers have acquired in Najee Harris until oh you know a few months from now up in Orchard Park, New York. But I'll tell you what, this rookie mini camp that the team held over the weekend, kid made quite, quite the impression. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of penguins and pirates right where you found this. The impression I'm referring to, of course, as it relates to Harris, is off the field. You probably know about his backstory, and if you don't, Tom Reed Our features writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports flew out to Antioch, California, a couple of weeks ago to produce just this beautiful enterprise piece, interviewing friends, relatives, coaches, people from his past to find out uh, the amazing adversity that he overcame and all of the various people who helped him overcome it. Great, great stuff. But that's then, and this is now. And this was Harris's first experience around the NFL, around the Steelers, around Mike Tomlin specifically. And one of the things that was visible at this camp over the weekend was that the two of them seemed, again, visible, meaning visually, to have developed a little bit of a rapport. They did a lot of talking. They had a lot of exchanges, even out there on the field during stretches and so forth. Tomlin seemed to gravitate toward number 22, and 22 lit up when he came over. And that's neat. That's encouraging. That's, that's, that's cool. But then, after the second of the three days of this camp, Harris spoke with reporters, and this was the first time... It seemed like he was himself, at least as it relates to some of the interviews that I'd seen him do while he was at Alabama. Post-draft and all that other stuff, maybe there was a lot going on around him. Uh, Maybe he was overcome by the moment, but he didn't seem anywhere near this loose and having this much fun. But that's not to suggest that there wasn't substance in there as well. Listen to this answer that he gave whenever he was asked if he envisioned becoming a leader of sorts with the Steelers someday and whether at the moment he was just really trying to blend in. Well, I would never try to blend in nowhere. Um, I try to stand out my own way because I'm I'm me, so I feel like I always stand out. But, um, you know, just... Uh, becoming a leader, wise. Um, I mean, that that that's something that you know I feel like just just comes in time. You know, it's not something that you know I barely even know the offense. I barely even met the. I ain't met the. the veterans aren't here, of course, so I met them. So you know, trying to you know move at a fast pace. You know, it's just you know it's all about taking things step by step by step. And then you know when it comes to that point where it's time to become a leader, then it is. But you know, as of now, that's not something I'm really thinking about. It's just really you know learn the offense and learning the teammate, my teammates. You know, learning what type of person they are and really bonding with them. So, you know, I can become someone they could trust, you know, and then, you know, actually try to find ways to help them out if I can. And then, you know, from there, you know, what happens, to happen. Oh, man, he took that blend in concept and just smashed it to bits, didn't he? And you know what? That wasn't the only question that he did that with. He wasn't out to hit anybody. I didn't get that sense, meaning the reporters. But he was actually listening to the questions, considering them, aware of the specifics of some of the wording that was being asked, and made very, very sure that his point, that his stance came across clearly. This is one sharp dude, okay? That's, that's the first thing that comes to mind in this opportunity that we had with him over the weekend the second thing was <whistles> this is this is going to be a stealer this is not going to be uh, somebody that's having people question his priorities uh, his want to his commitment and that's not to say that, you know, he's not going to do his own TikTok dance and whatever else here. I, I don't care about that stuff in and of itself. It's amazing how many people get so triggered instantly by the mere mention of TikTok or social media as if this is somehow something that is a terrible thing that means you're not a prototypical stealer. If the Steelers of the 1970s had social media, they would have been the Kings! The absolute kings of Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, Facebook, Reddit, you name it. Across the board, they would have been the kings of this. Don't kid yourself. Don't rewrite history as to what kind of personalities those guys actually had. So when I'm referring to Najee Harris as being You know, your classic Steeler, your team first guy. I mean that in the best way possible. I'm talking about his actual drive. And what you see on the football field and what you hear off the football field. What we heard with our own ears over the weekend was really, really impressive. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by The personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett Kelly, and George, they represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG, as the firm is known, pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City, and you can learn more about them at LGKG.com. The other thing to like about what was heard was that it came with a confidence. And you picked up on some of that, no doubt, with the he's not here to blend in, he's here to stand out. But there's confidence And then there's cockiness, and my own definition of cockiness is unfounded confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like Benny Snell football. I mean, not to pile on the guy. I mean, it would obviously be really nice if the Steelers got a good season out of Snell. He could still be a significant part of this offense if he learns how to find holes and how to hit them. But Benny Snell shows up. He's got something of an attitude, kind of a chip on his shoulder, and he really wasn't that big a deal coming out of college. And we're hearing Benny Snell football. Benny Snell football. Well, what was that? Benny Snell football just meant basically that the line opened up an ocean for you on one side and you ran right back into tacklers on the other This didn't sound like cockiness. This sounded like confidence. And the Steelers could very much use a player at that specific position with confidence. Because that player is, I can promise you, in advance, going to have to challenge the franchise quarterback and others more than once. To make sure that that commitment to the run exists and persists. There are going to be games where Ben gets away from it. And you know which games I'm talking about because they even happened when Lev was here. Levion Bell would go through an entire half without barely getting a touch unless it was through the air. And we'd ask afterward, hey, Lev, you know, did you feel like, you know, the team kind of. Got away from the running game? That's one of the ways we ask that question. Instead of saying, do you think your coach messed up? Because that's not going to get an answer. And he'd come back with something diplomatic or whatever. That's not always the case. That's not how all running backs handle it. And the one thing that I liked the most about Najee Harris and listening to him was that he came across as a truth teller. You know, he he said a couple of things that might have rubbed a couple of reporters the wrong way, but he was l- looking to be real. And that's good. That's good, my friends. You want that. You want that in a player whose position has been buried almost as much as the general performance has. Let Najee Harris go into the huddle at some point this season and say, Hey, everyone here remember... When Art Rooney II talked about the need to run the football more and about committing to it, yeah, me too, I remember that as well. (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question, and that comes today from Matt Hanford, who says, Hey, DK, with the release of the NFL schedule, as a British fan, I'm really excited to see two games coming back to London this year. And I just wondered, how are foreign games seen by the teams from a logistics and planning standpoint? I know Mike Tomlin has a we do not care attitude to mostly everything. Related to the schedule, but if the teams see a trip to London or Mexico on a scheduled release day, is it looked forward to or is it a bit of an inconvenience with the travel, shipping of kit and logistics? I love the usage of kit, Matt. For anybody who doesn't know, that's, uh, that means uh, equipment and so forth in real English. I know that the we do not care thing permeates the Steelers. And I further know that when the Steelers went to London in 2013, and before that when they made the trip to Dublin, Ireland in 1997 to play the Bears, these were events that were touted publicly by the ownership. Dan Rooney, of course, became the ambassador to Ireland, so it was a big deal to him personally, an Irishman from the north side whose dream was to have the Steelers play there one day, and they did in Old Croke Park. And then when the Steelers went in in 2013, and as someone who covered that whole event and that game against the Vikings at Wembley Stadium, I can tell you that the ownership was just as involved, just as visible, and just as vocal about their support so the players and the coaches and everybody else are going to go along with that. That's the best answer I can give you from the Pittsburgh perspective. How the players feel behind the scenes and so forth, that's different. How the players of the Jaguars specifically feel, since they've had to make multiple trips overseas to play games with London is now a de facto second home for Jacksonville, I can't say. I do know that when we went over to London in 2013, there were some players that handled it better than others. Uh, I remember Lamar Woodley telling me that he was just an absolute wreck. and He told me that when he was there (laughs) okay, because he couldn't sleep on the plane or anything like that. Uh, Ike Taylor handled it great. Other guys handled it great. But then the Steelers and Vikings went out there and played really a pretty bad football team between – Two very bad at the time teams, both being 0 and 3. And it's easy to, you know, look at when the coach decided to go over. Mike Tomlin went over on a Friday, which I thought was nuts for a Sunday game. Uh, they needed to be over a lot sooner than that. Uh, others have gone over a lot earlier. Some have gone actually a little bit later. And you're going to have. In general complaints, but for the most part, I know this: the Steelers, most of them got around London uh, on that saturday they They did their work, they did what they were supposed to do, but they also took advantage of the opportunity. Uh, the Vikings did in particular since they got there earlier in the week, and they enjoyed it i don't need to tell you what a great place London is, and all the different things that it has to offer. Uh, I can imagine that the next time the Steelers get a game overseas, that it will be. Ah, Overseas isn't the right term for Mexico. Mexico's not over any sea. It's just to the south. But I know that that will be something that's near and dear to the heart of Art II. Uh, Art really wants to have that game in Mexico because of the passion of the fans in Mexico, uh, most of whom have never been to the United States, much less Pittsburgh. There's just a a viral attraction that took place down there uh, to the Steelers. And from what I understand from having spoken with some Mexican fans who've come up to either Houston or Dallas to see games, it traces back to the 1970s. It traces back to people just falling in love with the Super Steelers, the Dynasty Steelers of the time, much in the same way you see people here today uh, kind of gravitate, lean toward the better uh, British soccer teams. You know, you don't see too many who attach themselves to, you know, the lower lights. You know, it's, it's usually about Manchester United or Liverpool or Chelsea or the, the, the bigger draws. And that's kind of what happened in Mexico with the Steelers, and Art would love to have a game down there. And when he does, you're not going to hear a peep of complaint out of anyone, not just the head coach. I appreciate the question, Matt. I especially, again, appreciate the usage of the term kit. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll have another daily shot of Steelers tomorrow, and I'll bring my kit.